Ladies and gentlemen, let's get started. I'm uh, Richard Parker, Senior Fellow here at the Shorenstein Center, and it's uh, one of our regular brown bag lunches. And we have the honor today of having Dr. Junaid Ulsever from uh, Turkey joining us. He's a journalist, uh, an author, a, a business consultant, a former bank uh, director. Uh, he's a graduate of uh, Bosphorus University, Johns Hopkins, and has his doctorate from here at Harvard University. In his early career, he was a management consultant, served on the board of the third largest bank in uh, Turkey, uh, and uh, then opened his own management consulting firm. About uh, 12 years ago, he became a columnist for the daily uh, uh, Turkish newspaper, Kuya, uh, which is the largest newspaper in uh, Turkey, and uh, has so far published uh, 16 books, and including five novels. And, He's going to talk to us today about uh, life in Turkey and Koryat and the state of Turkish journalism. And we're delighted to have you with us, Dr. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I thank everybody for offering their time to listen to what I want to tell you. Uh, I would say that the reason I want to talk to people like yourselves is because <coughs> I have an image that Turkey has an untrue image in the US or in Europe. Uh, what I mean by that is, from a certain perspective, people in the West say, or compare Turkey with countries like Syria, <laughs> Egypt, uh, Jordan, and say, well, wonderful, there is this high democracy under Islam in Turkey. And I'm sorry to read from time to time that, uh, you know, how will Turkey change the mind of uh, Al-Qaeda? Uh, this is one aspect of the issue. The other side, on the other side, there are those who look the reverse side of the story and and I think, oh, is Turkey going under Sharia? Is Turkey going under uh, the rule of Islam? I'm here to tell you today that these, both of these stories are not true according to me. They, they are misleading. Uh, in the topic of this speech is by no way to uh, judge or reverse the success of the government. It is a true story that the AKP government, the present government under uh, Mr. Erdogan, from a democratic point of view, is a very successful government. They have won three consecutive elections, increasing their vote each time. Uh, the last election, in the last election, they have held 50% uh, of the vote. So um, uh, out of two uh, voters in Turkey, one of them has voted for AKP. They have been very successful, let's say, in minimizing the role of the military in the political arena. They have been successful in bringing the those who have picked up living a conservative way of life to the center from the periphery. The republic 
had defined such a system that uh, the so-called modernists were in the center were the policymakers, and those who would follow more of an Islamic way of life would be put, uh, I wouldn't say the second class, but they would be put aside from the center. They would not be made the decision makers. Now, uh, compared to the past, they are much more visible in the social area. What uh, the government has also achieved is maybe they have not changed the income distribution, but uh, the housing policies, they have given 500,000 houses to those who used to live in shambles. And people are like paying a mortgage of like $100 per month. You know, you can own a, a centrally heated house with hot water. They have given uh, free education nearly to everybody. The books and the notebooks and the pencils are also free now. They have been more successful than Cuba in giving universal health. Now by the Turkish saying, every poor can reach any doctor he or she wants to. They have deregulated uh, the transportation so flying within the cities, which is a very new phenomenon for Turkey, has become nearly as cheap as the bus rates are. Uh, so when people in Turkey vote for AKP, even let's say 25% of the voters vote for ideological reasons, but there are a, quite a big number who vote for AKP now because it makes the life easier for them. Still then, <coughs> I have objections for such a government. Because I would say, yes, I have no doubts that Turkey is not going anywhere to Shariat or whatever. But maybe what the West has not very openly noticed yet is that freedom of press freedom of thought, rule of law, which have never been at an excellent level in Turkey, is getting worse and worse and worse. By the end of the speech, I'll tell you my <laughs> the way I read future 2014. A new era, according to me, will start in Turkey. But we are on the open path of uh, going the rule of one man, not even a party, the rule of Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Uh, he is not ready to receive any criticism, even from within his party, or even from his relatives. There, let me tell you my own story, and then I'll make the generalizations. I used to write for Hurriyet, the largest circulated paper in Turkey, for 12 years, and I started writing during the so-called the last military era. We call it February 28th era, 1997, 1999, it goes until 2003. At that time, Erdogan was prosecuted, was put in jail, and 
writing articles in favor of him and in favor of his party, I was put on seven different trials by the military. And a total of 49 years of imprisonment was asked. And uh, I have been threatened by some people I don't know. For instance, my son Eren, uh, he used to live in Savannah there. I received an email from nobody saying if you are not paying attention to your own life, you should pay attention to the lives of your sons, one living in London and the other living in Savannah. And the addresses were exactly the same. At that time, we, you know, I met Mr. Erdogan, and we were quite good friends. And in the elections of 2002, he asked me if I would like to run for his party, and I remember telling him at that time, I think you are mistaken. I'm not protecting your ideas. I'm not sharing your ideas. I'm protecting your rights. These are two different things. I may disagree with you, but still then, I feel that your rights uh, have been taken, confiscated, and I'm in favor of that. Uh, coming today, uh, after 12 years, I'm fired from the paper who protected me then, you know, who gave me the lawyers when I went to the court at that time. And the editor-in-chief who fired me at that time was a pro-military person, an anti-Erdogan person. Now, he's, he took a stand for pro-Erdogan position. And uh, like myself, he thought that the paper should get rid of some uh, people who are not in the line, or who cannot be brought in the line. Uh, especially starting as of September 2010, uh, the so-called the, uh, the cultural man of the paper, who has nothing to do with politics, uh, started reading my articles every day, and then he would call me around 5, 6 p.m., and, and with a very polite voice would say, Trinidad, should we change the sentence or omit the sentence? Uh, I was, I got so used to it. <laughs> because, you know, after a while, all abnormal things become normal in your life if the abnormality persists. I would call him back from time to time you know, at 6 p.m. So, Ambe, you have not called me so far. I'm trying my, I'm starting my scotch. So, before I get drunk, please ask me your questions and let me give you my answers when I'm still <laughs> on my nerves. Uh, according to them, I'm just reporting, three times my article got lost between my home office and uh, the paper building. Uh, another journalist friend of mine wrote and said, is Junaid sending his articles with pigeons? <laughs> so that you know, three times the pigeon got lost on the way. Uh, and then one day they called me and they said that, you know, I was writing four articles per week. They said, now we want you write, to write one article per week. And I sent them an article. They didn't publish it. I sent the art same article again and again. And then at last, 
I won the game because they fired me. I have the the written documents, formal documents, accusing me for revolting the Hurriyet papers against Hurriyet newspaper. And they asked me questions, and all questions were about my critic of the government. Say say that again. the, 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 uh, The reason, according to them, why I am fired is because I have tried to make people of the readers of the Riyadh paper mm-hmm. revolt against the Riyadh. That is not understandable, I understand, but I need it. <laughs> and I and the related questions <laughs> to confirm what they, uh, they are trying to say all were related to the, art, the, uh, the articles I have written against the government. And uh, I wrote them back and said that I never imagined that I would be fired from my paper because of criticizing a government. Because ever since I know myself, that is my character, I criticize governments, whoever they are. And, uh, and on the day I was fired, here is my wife to witness. She said to me, I'm happy now because your chance of going into jail have diminished. (laughs) (laughs) And she was right. I was one of the lucky ones. Because at the moment, there are 78 journalists in jail being accused of somehow attached to a terrorist organization called so-called Ergenekon about which there is a judge decision that you cannot call, you cannot say Ergenekon terrorist organization because it is not being made a decision yet. You can only say allegedly. Mm. But of these 78 people, I know none who have taken any guns in his or hands, her hands. I know none who have even written down, you know, you should revolt against the government. That may be, uh, that needs to be punished. You know, you should take your guns and go out in the streets and then revolt against the government. Well, in, for instance, in one case, Ahmed Sheikh has written a book, and before the book was published, he was taken in because of what he said in the book. But the book is not there. It's only in a memory stick. And he has been uh, foolish enough to send this uh, book to two of his friends through email, and somehow the uh, the policeman captured. There are I don't know. There are, uh, including uh, Penar's uh, father. There are more generals in jail now than they are out. For instance, two weeks ago, we were nearly going into a. War with uh, Greek Cypriots, but uh, we found out that uh, all of our admirals are in jail. So it's wise not to declare the war now. Maybe wait until they are released and then do the war. Uh, and about Ergenekon case, which is mainly ex-army people, some. Uh, uh, journalists, some academicians, 
they have formed and allegedly they have formed a terrorist organization and among them I personally know that there are those who hate each other you know we <laughs> wanted to kill each other before I don't know this organization. This is a right fundamentalist organization? We, we don't know. It's uh, an Ergenekon. Ergenekon is an old name where the Turks supposedly came from in Asia. Ergenekon is supposed to be a terrorist organization run by uh, generals mm -hmm. at the time when they were in office. For instance, uh, <laughs> According to the allegations, uh, Mr. Chetin Doan put together, I don't remember, like 100 generals and admirals and, and colonels, and in an open speech said that we shall bomb a mosque to start the, the coup d'etat. And, and that's the allegation is there. So this uh, <laughs> Mr. Doan was so foolish. But this has nothing to do with older organizations like the Grey Wolves that we would know. Well, somehow they are connected. Everything is everything is interconnected. For instance, Billy uh, Kuchuk is uh, another colonel, and, and he was supposed to be uh, allied with the Great Wolves before. But uh, then there is this Hanifi Auji, an old cop policeman, who is. A very open right-wing person. I know him personally, but is accused of being a member of a communist organization. And this man says, "I have spent all of my time in hunting communists, and I would imagine anything to be accused of. But I could not imagine that I would be one day called a communist myself." And he says that maybe that is my punishment. <laughs> 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 uh, so, a friend of mine told me that, you know, I, I said to him, I'll go to the United States and tell to people there what's going on in Turkey. And he said, don't tell them that we don't understand ourselves in Turkey. You know, act as if you understand it. It's really ununderstandable. I had had many occasions when <coughs> journals from outside called me on the phone, and when I tried to explain them what's going on, and they either thought that I was foolish, you know, I was brainless, maybe too drunk, or they could not speak English, because they would not simply understand me. So, to make the last statement, my, I'm, I would say that like all totalitarian regimes. Like as Gaddafi did, as Saddam did, as people in uh, the, the the Turkish republics do, the leader is benevolent to people. For instance, in Libya uh, under Gaddafi, the gas was free, housing was free. Under Saddam, also the everything was free. In Turkmenistan, the heating system is all free. <coughs> So as long as you abide by the system, according to the dictator, you are a great person. But what makes them a dictator is that they are not ready to receive any any kind of criticism. And, and, and uh, any criticism really makes Mr. Erdogan really <coughs> angry. You know, he's out of his nerves. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm half joking and half serious. Being a very 
deep believer. He believes that Allah has given him special capabilities so that Allah will give good things to Muslim people. He's the man in between, you know. He is doing it, gifted by Allah, and doing it for Islam. But for those who are honest in their beliefs, who really respect their government, who really uh, do not think nasty things about uh, those people who are doing the best things for them. And I think this is partly also of an, part of the nature of a politician. You know, Ben Litzconi thinks that he's different. Gaddafi as well think, uh, thought, they used to think that he was godly. And, 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 and most of our prime ministers were like that, but you know, I know at least five of them, and he is the worst. You know, he is the one nearest to Allah, maybe, I don't know. The others were also near, but he is the nearest. So what will happen in Turkey is, I would say that, you know, I'll give you my email address to you, and please send me a letter in 2014. Tell me, you're right or you're totally wrong. I'll, I'll, uh, what will happen in Turkey is between now and 2014, the constitution will be changed. Under the gimmick that we will give you more rights. And uh, yes, locally, as the Kurdish uh, party demands, locally there will be more freedom for the local governments. But in the center, there will be a presidential system. We will run out of the parliamentary democracy, enter into the presidential system, because the most democratic country of the world, the USA, as a presidential system. That's the way they are selling it. <laughs> I think you'll like Florida in 2000 when he learns about it. So. Uh, obviously, Mr. Erdogan will run for the presidency and will rid, get rid of the, uh, the ministers, appoint secretaries, as is done here, and, and has already taken a total control of judiciary, made the army totally unpowerful, not on the political side, but also on the military, technical side as well. And, 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 and he'll take over. And with that, uh, he will declare an amnesty, saying that those accused under Ergenekon or, or sledgehammer cases, these generals, mm -hmm. journalists are now uh, free, they are pardoned, together with the PKK, the, the terrorist organization, uh, and I want a new peaceful order in Turkey. Mm -hmm. And then he will, uh, he may have the constitution have changed in the uh, parliament, but he will say, no, I want the people's vote as well. I'll go to the referendum. And then we will all sit down and say, you know, look, I don't want the PKK to be released, but because of me, those in Ergenekon may spend another two years in the prison, so I better say yes. Or vice versa, those who hate people in Silivri will say, uh-huh, but there is at least freedom for uh, PKK people now, so I better say yes. 
uh, they will be pardoned uh, because if their cases get finished, most of them will prove to be uh, that they don't have any guilt, and they will have the right to open new cases against the prosecutors. So in order to end everything at one step, they will say, well, you know, we have frozen all cases and pardoned everybody. So by then, a person, a journalist, or an ex-general who have gone into jail in 2009 will already have spent five years in prison. And when he is 65, you know, cholesterol, high rocketing, tension, <laughs> blood tension, <laughs> making a new record, they will tell this gentleman, you know, you are free now, you know. I don't know what freedom will mean to this person. <laughs> Uh, but in that way, uh, I'm sorry to say that uh, we'll openly have, we already have, but we will openly and legally have a country ruled by one person. That's why I'm here to convey this message and I'm ready to receive any questions you have. So let me start by asking a question. Uh, who, who are the blocks, who are the interests supporting Erdogan in this practice? This can't be in the nature of politics, a one-man operation against all, it has to be groups against groups, and he's got allies. Who are his allies? Okay, let and me why? try to define. Uh, first of all, since the establishment of the Republic, as I said in the speech, many people believe that they have been denied out of the social and political life. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, with the declaration of a secular uh, republic, mm -hmm. uh, living under Islamic uh, beliefs, norms have been evaded. <coughs> and more than that, they have been urged not to live the lifestyle they chose, they chose to live. So they believe that it's now their government coming back. Uh, plus, there are, I call myself a liberal in the European sense, but there are some liberals in Turkey who have been saying that, uh, well, there is not enough democracy, but yet still we should be with this uh, government. If you study them, most of them are working for the pro-government uh, papers and, and, and pro-government uh, televisions. Mm -hmm. So let me be blunt, you know, when you praise the government in Turkey, now they pay you. Mm -hmm. uh, as I said, there is a big majority who are saying that life with Erdogan is easier, mm -hmm. just because now we have a, a centrally heated uh, apartment, you know, free school, uh, free health. And there are a great portion of the Kurds who do not go by Tekata, would go more of a, after a religious faith, believing or have been convinced to believe that Kurds and Turks are both brothers because they come from the same ummet, the same religion. Uh, that's it. And that makes at least 50%. But alas, what is lacking there is, I would say that the real academicians, those who are against, you know, 
those in country who are able to produce with their mind. The social scientists, uh, physical scientists, MDs, uh, the army people, uh, and most of the writers, artists, are against the government. So from a perspective of a count of number, most of the people are for the government. But if you turn to the quality of human capital, those who represent the, the higher echelon of thinking in Turkey are against the government. So this is also an awkward situation. Great. Let me go to questions. Uh, students first, if there are students in the room. No? John? Um, Americans would probably be looking at Turkey partly in its strategic position in the world. And uh, so one sort of broad question is, uh, has Erdogan uh, emasculated the military so that you can't deal with Syria and Iran? And I would say, what are the feelings of the Turkish people in general toward Iran, whom we don't feel very close to, and also Syria? And then, are you ever going to join the uh, uh, European zone, uh, considering what's happened lately? But the first is sort of the how you fit into... You're asking me to write the book. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a military? Are you afraid of Iran? Could you take them out? Well, let uh, me tell you, piece by piece. Uh, I think, uh, as of today, the U.S. government is happy with the Turkish government because the same government who have voted against the sanctions towards Iran a year ago at the Security Council of UN, with Brazil, two countries. Russia and China have changed sides on the last minute. Uh, today, and, and at that time, uh, Mr. Davutoglu, the foreign minister, came out and said that the sanctions are no good, that don't work. Uh, Iran's purpose is to do nuclear studies. And if you are talking about nuclear warship, uh, how about Israel? That's what has been said. As of today, uh, Turkey, under the uh, umbrella of NATO, has uh, put in his country those detect detectors uh, for if any harm comes, any uh, artillery comes from Iran, totally containing Iran. And uh, a year ago, Turkey uh, has become uh, brothers and sisters with Syria. Even the cabinets of both countries held some meetings together. The visas were negated. And today, a year later, Turkish uh, foreign minister says that Syria is the, the, the trouble holder in the, the Middle East. <coughs> And we believe, the same minister says, we believe that sanctions will be quite useful against Syria. So, very openly in my mind, in a year, a lot has changed in the relations between Turkey and US government. About the military, uh, well, the claim is, you know, after uh, what we call March 1st memorandum, you know, when Turkish parliament voted against 
permitting U.S. soldiers to come to go to uh, Iraq through Turkey. Uh, I think ever since then, uh, Pentagon and Turkish military have the worst of the relations. They used to be the best friends of the world, and Pentagon always believed that you know there are th these brothers in Turkey, the military, and the U.S. government before. Uh, at that time would uh, talk to, pen, uh, to Turkish military before talking to Turkish government. Now the military is in trouble and people in Turkey are saying that a new police force can best combat PKK. So in a way there is a new army being created. What were your other questions? Euro, uh, the euro cells. So, uh, where do you? We don't care. We don't care anymore. Because not, not Turkey, fair, Turkey, in uh, Erdogan got his justification <laughs> in 2004. So he doesn't care, and 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 people care less than Erdogan cares in the country at the moment. And you asked about people's behavior towards Iran and Iraq. Now that's where he, I think, wins. You know, it's an awkward position. The the least liked country in Turkey, according to polls, is USA. The second least liked country, according to people in Turkey, according to the polls, is Israel. <coughs> so he is also playing these games. You know, from time to time, he makes harsh statements against the United States. Now, these days, you know, our relations with Israel is at worst terms. <coughs> Have never been worse than now. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, in the last four months, I would say, towards Iran and Syria, Turkey and the U.S. are uh, good allies. Good. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, the Turkish historian Taner Akşam, who, Akşam yeah. um, who writes about the Armenian Genocide, mm -hmm. two years ago took the Turkish government, or whatever the appropriate <coughs> unit was, to the European Court of Human Rights um, with regard to the harassment that he felt he was under due to Article 301 mm -hmm. of the Turkish Penal Code. And a couple of weeks ago, he won his case. Mm -hmm. And I'm really interested to know um, what the reaction has been in the Turkish government to not, this win. Not because it has, been, it has not been reflected to the papers at the level it deserves to. Uh, you have a bit. There, at the moment, the government does not only control the, the columnists, but news at the same time. For instance, uh, the President Minister of Education, it has been proven that the book, textbook he has written has been stolen from another professor. Seventy-eight pages. And it has been verified, but it only appeared in a web paper. The major papers did not see it at all. Uh, well, the best thing is, you know, because some intellectuals are on the side, you know, with the case of Harantik, the killing of Harantik, uh, it is still alive because there are 
he used he has still has very good friends who oh uh, runs after the case but after five six years we still do not know who killed him you know we know who took the gun but who was behind it you know we don't still know and we don't ask it's only like a matter of 50 uh, intellectuals when there is the, the court of uh, Haran, they go to the court and they shot there and that's how we hear about it and then the next day it's uh, out of there. So yes, I think through your question uh, you came to uh, another important matter. The news are also controlled at the moment in Turkey. We don't know. You know, what did Antaner Akcam win? You know, nobody knows that uh, the professor, uh, uh, minister of education, has stolen uh, the book. What do you call it in, in plagiarism? Plagiarism, yeah. Intihar in Turkey, should we say. Uh, but it, it's, a, it's a case, it's there. So it's, we sometimes behave as if we don't, you know, it's, uh, you know, you're in a room. Uh, full of boxes, but sometimes you behave as if you don't see the boxes. Uh, the the headlines of a Riyadh newspaper in the last two years have tremendously changed, and then everything is written from the perspective of the government. Okay. Yes. Um, actually, um, I have two questions for you. One is you as everybody else in Turkey, and they are saying, yes, there's free housing, there's free education and free health care. But what is the quality of the education? It has declined drastically. They are given a tiny little pamphlet. There is nothing about proper literature, proper history. They are even reinventing history. My question, the same is true with the, with the uh, health care, the green card uh, holders. They are, they are getting what kind of health care, and they are given actually, in some cases, they are seen by the doctors at the expense of others who are properly issued. So what about the opposition? Are they incapable of analyzing it properly, putting on their website, but by public health economists, by education specialists, at what is going, are they incapable or are they scared? That's question number one. And the second thing is, can you tell us about Fethullah Güven influence? Whenever you open your mouth in Turkey, everybody says, Oh, it's after all, the United States is supporting Fethullah Gülen. U.S. brought this guy to power. Can you enlighten me, us, about this? Well, I cannot enlighten you, but I can only share my views with you. Uh, about the quality of education or quality of health, you're damn right. <laughs> uh, but when you look at the issue from and you know, uh, from the man in the street, he was getting no free uh, health care, and he had to pay a lot of money for the, the, the textbooks. All he, the way he thinks is, you know, aha, uh -huh, there is a doctor in every street now. I can freely go there. I was talking to one of those gardeners in my street, and he said that this government made us so. Uh, happy that even if there is a small pain in my nail, I go to the doctor now. Mm -hmm. And he gives me the, the, pill, uh, the pill or the, the treatment free. And if he cannot do it, he directs me to the specialist. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in September, people, you know, when the school started, you know, it was a huge budget. 
uh, for those poor people who have to buy the text, texts and books for the uh, for their kids. Now it's free. Uh, imagine I was talking uh, to a person in a small town, and then there we have a summer house far away from the city, and then and, and the guard there. I was talking to him. You know, how will your daughter study this winter because this summer? place is far away from the town. He said, no problem. Every morning the bus comes and takes my girl and goes, they go to school. There is free lunch, three dishes, he said, at school. And four o'clock, 4 p.m., the bus, same bus, brings my girl back to where we live, like, you know, at least 30 kilometers away. So, and everything is free. So this, this guy is, is happy, he doesn't, he's not educated enough. What is the quality of her girl is taking at the school, you know, you know, she is at school, that's enough for her. I think it was a different question though, was what about the opposition parties, uh, not yeah, the public? Yeah, exactly. Wasn't that the well, uh, was that? about the op opposition, I don't know what to say, you know, is there an opposition in Turkey? When, when uh, CHP, the so-called the Social Democratic Party, the oldest party of the Republic, is now the main opposition party. And then and, 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 and people said that, you know, the ex-chairman uh, was not strong enough in his Baikal, and, and they changed it nearly a year ago. Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu, there's a new chairman there. At the start, everybody thought very highly about him, and, but he got only 21% of the votes. Uh, let me tell you one thing. When in in our tradition, for instance, there used we used to have Mr. Demirel in a cafe house. When Demirel was on TV, the whole cafe house would shut up and listen to what he said, even those who hated him. When Kristarola talks, nobody listens. He is, you know, there is this. I don't know uh, this. This character of leadership. When Mr. Erdogan talks, he's a leader. Everybody, <coughs> including myself, who doesn't like him, we listen to him. You know, ah, what is he saying? But when Kılıçdaroğlu says something, you know, we don't hear it. About this Kejaka case, the, the, they are not prosecuting those Kurds who have said we will not join PKK. They are under. Uh, <laughs> Uh, now they, they have been arrested as well. Prosecuted and, and for not joining? Hmm? Prosecuted for not joining? No, no uh, well, allegedly they have, they are, they say that they are still with PKK, oh, but okay. they are, uh, uh, they are not telling the truth. Uh, but to verify, this is not a joke, to verify, for instance, if somebody belongs to PKK yet, uh -huh, they write down that this professor used to be married to a Jewish guy, so it is quite possible that she works for Pekaka. Uh, so there is uh, about Gulen. Yes, please. Uh, when U.S. did not create Gulen, Gulen is a moment to be understood, to be studied worldwide, because he started as an imam in Izmir. And now I would say he is not the most, but the second most powerful guy in Turkey. 
Uh, I would say personally, yes, there has been some collaboration between USA and, and Gülen after he arrived to the United States because Gülen has been uh, introduced and maybe, and, and maybe rightfully to, to, to the world uh, public that, you know, look, there is one on one side Al-Qaeda and there is this peaceful Gülen movement on the other side. And, and, and in order to convince Islam world that they should ally themselves more with the democratic rules, of course, Gülen is more attractive. Uh, today in Turkey, I would say, uh, th that is, I think, the heart of your question. Uh, yes, why sh we should not say AKP government. We should say the coalition between Gülen movement and the AKP governments. Mm -hmm. I would, I would easily say that uh, if Gülen movement had taken his backing from the uh, AKP, AKP would lose at least, you know. 20% out of the 50%, you know, 40% of the votes. At least, if, if Gülen had formed a party himself, he may take over the government just with the party. All right. My question is also about education, at least my first question is. What is the content of the education that is being given away free? Is it indoctrination uh, in the sense of religion or indoctrination in the sense of the regime? Are, are they being taught to think critically or are they taught to memorize? Well, uh, the character of <coughs> Turkish education ever since has been indoctrination. And it's based on memorization. We have somehow <coughs> chosen at the very start one of the worst philosophies of how to teach people. You know, it's, it's, it's based on obedience. So there is the teacher who represents the authority. Whatever he or she says is right. And the student is only there to write down what the teacher tells him, what is the truth. Uh, but I would say that, I would not say that with the present government, the emphasis on religion in classes have increased. I cannot say that. They are still uh, following this secular, uh, unproductive uh, system, but I would say, I would easily guess that you know education does not only take place within the classroom. Outside the classroom, I don't know what has been said. For instance, I was in D.C. last week, and then uh, a friend of mine who attended the, the Republican Day of Turkey uh, in D.C. The ambassador I know of made a speech <coughs> in order to praise Repub the Republic, and he talked about Islam for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I think I know the ambassador. You know, <coughs> all he knows about Islam is only 15 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes. That he would talk 20 minutes. Suddenly, this man has become something else. So I don't know, and I would say probably yes. We don't know what the teacher tells the student when the class ends. But during the class, the so-called the, the secular education, in its worst form, yet continues. continues. Um, Turkey being a Sunni Muslim country, and Syria being a 70% Sunni Muslim country, does this have any bearing on the opposition that uh, the Erdogan government has manifested toward the Alawite regime? 
Is this a factor at all? Well, if he chose the Sunni coalition, he should have been uh, on the... Well, if he is for Sunnis today, where was he just six months ago? If you read the Turkish newspapers of, say, let's say, the early 2011, January issues. Erdogan, you would easily read that Erdogan praised Assad. He said that he's the best leader in the area. The wife of Assad is the most modern uh, Islam lady of the world. And then and, and they have they have visited Istanbul the other day and they were in great shape and they kissed each other, they hugged each other. So I don't think that the issue is based on the religious uh, or sexual uh, preference. I think it's the world order. You know, uh, uh, AKP has his own analysis of how to be the most powerful country in the Middle East. For a while, for, a, for like four or five years, told that by negating the U.S., he can, she can still do that, the neo-Ottomanism. Now, I would say she is more, Turkey is, or the government is more clever, saying that, aha, uh -huh, I can only do that with allying with the United States. So I better take a stand against Syria, or I better take a stand, whoever U.S. takes a stand against. That's the, you know, it's, it's an easy and pragmatic way of surviving life. Because in countries like ourselves, true or wrong, we believe that the, uh, if 70% of the power for to be a government comes from within, 30% of it comes from outside. That is uh, maybe <laughs> the fate of the countries like Turkey. So one should, they have also learned that, one should be very careful about the, who is the most powerful in the world and what is the power balance in the world. One more, oh, and then I'm going to go over here. One more. Uh, Me? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, You used the word totalitarian uh, and made some comparisons. <clears throat> Judged on what you've been saying, I would think uh, that's too strong a term. It's probably a flawed democracy moving toward authoritarian regimes. Why do I say that? Because there's limited pluralism, there's no attempt to mobilize. Uh, the citizens truly. They're not indoctrinating the students. So I would think the danger is that it becomes more authoritarian, but I don't necessarily see uh, the use of the term totalitarian as justified given your descriptions. Well, I would insist on what I'm saying, and you may say whatever you want to say. Uh, I would say I, I think that you will agree with me in 2014. But you're alive. <laughs> if it was totalitarian, you might not be. <clears throat> okay, so let me tell you one, one issue. Uh, you are telling me what my friends in Turkey are telling me. That what I call this is uh, normalization of the abnormal. Thanks God, you are not in jail. Is this sen does this sentence to be said in an authoritarian or totalitarian regime? I don't know. But I have heard it so many times, including my wife. Just 
just pick up on the on the last point. It's interesting that just uh, um, uh, a recent um, arrest of a of a professor Bishkar some uh, um, in, and, and then when the Minister of the Interior was asked about it, and he was uh, all upset that there was uh, so much being made of uh, Professor Arsani's arrest, and, and he said literally, when so many people are being put in jail, what's the big deal about a professor gang being? Um, and, but I want to ask you, uh, you, you drew a, a, um, a picture where Erdogan effectively becomes the, the single man and discuss whether it's authoritarianism or it's totalitarianism, those are. But then you also said that uh, the you know, that, that the government is, is effectively a coalition between the Gulen movement and, mm -hmm. and the AKP. And so I'm wondering if, uh, uh, and it's not entirely clear that they have the same objectives, and there is an intention uh, between the movement and the, uh, between the Gulen movement and, and, uh, and Erdogan. Quite sure, yeah. Uh, there, there, there are lots of indications that, that many of these, uh, these worst abuses of the ju judicial system that um, have taken place actually um, has met with a little bit of resistance on the part of uh, um, the AKP and that these have been supported much more by the Gulen movement. Or to put it, the Gulen movement has gone much further uh, in terms of supporting uh, uh, these, uh, these abuses than, uh, than, than people around, around Erdogan have been able to, uh, uh, to accept. Uh, what, what, I mean, won't there come a time when, in fact, uh, once the, uh, uh, the, effectively the common enemy is no longer there because uh, all the other opposing forces have been effectively um, uh, weakened, uh, that there might be a much more of an open conflict? Between these two forces, um, and, and that uh, that would significantly um, uh, uh, worsen the likelihood that Erdogan can, in fact, be the number one that, that he wants. Is there? Why are you excluding that possibility of more dissent between the existing coalition? I would say my guess. I can only make guesses. My guess is, in any moment, even now does not want to go into politics directly. They don't want to form a party. They don't want uh, the prime minister to be totally identified with themselves. And as you said, they may be even happier now because their influence within the government, within the Ministry of Justice and Ministry of Interior, is much bigger than we see it. So uh, maybe they like it that way. Uh, I would say I would agree with you. If one day Mr. Gülen decides to come to Turkey, then there will be a great clash. There may be a great clash between Erdogan and Gülen, who is the best man, who is the first man. But my guess is, you know, Gülen will die here. He, won't, he will never go back home because he's very careful about these balances. Uh, I personally know, through the words of Mr. Erdogan before 2002, that he hates Gülen Moment, or he used to hate Gülen Moment. Gülen Moment and the Milli Görüş, the National View Movement, where Erdogan comes from, they were the competitors. You know, uh, when you are in the same area, you become competitors rather than friends, you know. That's why Turks and Greeks never got along, because they lived together. Uh, for instance, 
uh, Erdoğan did not did disliked a person from Gülen movement more than a person from CHP because he was not a, he didn't feel in competition with CHP. But now both sides feel that there is a nice combination. They should do their best not to tackle down. And I'm only talking about the coming four or five years. Uh, yeah, we are may, your question may become more valid when and if Erdogan is elected to be the president but cannot change the system into a presidential system, but the parliamentary democracy survives and the parties still be, will be as powerful as now, then what what happens in Turkey, honestly, I don't know. But all I am saying is he will do his best to change the constitution under uh, to a presidential system. And until then, he will have his backing from the Gulen movement. It seems that they are, they are using Boasia as a model. They're using Boasia as a model. I mean, he wants to yeah. be pure. Well, there are uh, even allegations, there are stories saying that uh, you know, they will be replaced. Mr. Gül, the, the president will become the prime minister and they will yeah. replace each other. But I will think that Mr. Gül will choose to stay until 2014 because he has two options, five year or seven year. And, 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 and he will not be involved in politics that much. Because I think Mr. Gül personally also feels that Mr. Erdogan is too authoritarian or totalitarian. That is, his voice is heard less and less every day. It's Erdogan's voice which is heard more and more. I think that is annoying uh, Gül. And he will not be a partnership uh, with Erdogan after 2014. Junaid, no, I'm going to have to close it up here. Uh, uh, Mr. Wilsiver, thank you so very much for coming. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What I have said only is my thought. I may be quite wrong, but I thank you very much. Uh, you have had the patience of listening to me for an hour. <laughs> <laughs>